0: to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida and Marion, Massachusetts. Hosted by Ed Chenefi, this is the podcast that researches and investigates the club management and facilities side of our business.
1: Hello, and welcome to the the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Shanifee, I'm your host. And it's a pleasure each week to bring you the news and the views from our tennis, fitness, and country club industries. This week it's fitness. And this week we have a really special guest. Denise Duda is the retiring director of fitness, wellness, and spa at Orchid Island Golf and Beach Club in Orchid, Florida, just outside Vero Beach. Denise has been the director there for nine years and in that time has grown the program exponentially. So we're here today to find out her secrets, find out just about her marketing and how she grew those Group X classes to amazing heights. We actually look at the term fitness and how it's changed its definition over the last 10 to 20 years. And we're gonna finally look at how Denise sees fitness going forward, post COVID. With Peloton and everything else that's out there, are people gonna come back to the gym but before we welcome Denise Online, I'd like to steer you all to our website, www.beyondthebaselines.com, which is where we show you what we can do as managing consultants for you, for your tennis, for your fitness, for your club, for your facility. So please do have a look at the site. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to email email me at beyondthebaselines at gmail.com or give us a call at the office, 508-538-1288. But now, without any further ado, here's the director of fitness wellness and spa here's denise hello and welcome to the beyond the baselines podcast i'm ed shanfie i'm your host and and this week i'm here with uh the former director of fitness at orchid island uh golf and beach club in vero beach denise duda denise welcome to the podcast
0: thanks ed thanks for having me it's good to be here today
1: it's great to have you. It's really nice to do a podcast live with someone across the table. <laughs> it is. So, Denise, um, you've been the director of fitness at Orchid Island for nine years. Correct. You just, uh, you just moved on to a new job up in New York. Um, but how did you first get into fitness? What, what led you into the fitness arena, and why did you start? Mm. Take us through that story.
0: Great. That's a great question, Ed. Prior to being in the fitness industry, I was in the corporate hospitality industry. I was the front office manager at an oceanfront resort in California. And I did that as a career, but prior to that and during all of that, I was a self-proclaimed fitness junkie. So any chance I had, I was always in the gym working out or chasing kids around on skateboards and trying to find fitness into every square moment of any moment of my free time. And uh, fast forward a few years after I had been in corporate hospitality for quite some time, I sat down and, and decided I wanted a career that actually made a difference in someone's life at the end of the day. And I took some time and really thought that through and decided to kind of marry the two of uh, hospitality and being uh, kind of front of the house and my fitness background and I got into group exercise. So one step at a time, pretty much. I used to go to group exercise class all the time and I was always that front row person that got right up next (laughs) to the instructor and uh, one day the instructor actually came up to me and said, you would make a great instructor, you should look at doing that one day. And it started that small. It started off just taking group exercise on and doing group exercise classes. Uh, Getting my certification there and then realizing that personal training was even bigger than that more exciting and more detailed So I went into personal training and then uh, went into a career in that path altogether.
1: I I think fitness has gone through a major change We were just talking just before we put the mic on how fitness has changed over the last 10 to 20 years You've been at ORCID for almost 10 years You've seen it evolve. How has it evolved in in terms of, you know an elite crowd versus a middle of the road crowd versus where you had been at the YMCA before, I think, up in Melbourne. Maybe was that right? Yes, I... correct. Yeah. So how have how has it evolved in those different arenas?
0: Uh, well, fitness as a whole has always been around. It just wasn't the main focus for a lot of people in general. I think fitness now, people have realized, golfers have realized what a difference it makes in their game. Uh, The everyday, average person has realized they have more energy, they feel better and how important exercise is. I think health and wellness has really come to the forefront on so much of um, the industry as a whole and um, everything being online now makes it a little easier to uh, get access to and even look at Peloton now. It's it's all changed the face of fitness and how easy it is to get to it. Um, Years ago, fitness was uh, a little more static. And I think the realization of people getting into fitness as more free movement, and uh, kind of realizing that whatever you play, whether it be tennis or golf or pickleball, if you're putting fitness into that as well, you're gonna find out that it's a lot easier for you not only to play the game, but to recover from the game and to continue playing it longer. So fitness is just, I think, on the forefront right now in, in every arena.
1: That that brings me to, you made a great point there. You talked about Peloton. Have, have you seen in the industry, not just at your position, but in the industry, has COVID obviously affected people going into the gym? Have Do you think it's going to come back to the same degree?
0: That's a great question, and time will tell. I think people are so, I think... Yes, I do, because I think people have been at home for so long, once they're comfortable, they're ready to get back into the camaraderie of other people, getting back to the gym. Something live versus online is always, I think, a little more exciting. Um, I do think that it empowered so many people to jump into the exercise arena that may not have been comfortable going to a live group exercise class. So if anything, I think a lot of the junkies, if you will, are the people that are comfortable going to group exercise classes and like going to the gym and maybe don't have the opportunity to do it at home as easily. The gym may be their escape from the kids or the family or um, just work or whatever. I do think that that will continue to grow back to where it was pre-COVID. But I also think it's really neat because COVID brought in a lot of people that weren't exercising or weren't doing things that found a way to do it at home. And now they're kind of hooked on it. So I think I'd like to think that it's going to grow back to where it was and even bigger because, as, as we mentioned earlier, fitness is expanding larger and larger as time goes on. Right. As well as nutrition. nutrition's another big topic
1: nutrition, wellness, fitness?
0: its Yeah, it's a, it should be a seamless approach. It's pretty much wellness. We like to call it wellness. And I think back when your earlier question about fitness, um, fitness was one thing in the 80s, but now you look at it, it's an entire wellness approach. So it's a seamless approach to everything from uh, nutrition to physical therapy to training to uh, classes, anything to make the human body
1: healthier. So nine years same role what's the most intriguing part of your job on a day to day basis and then i'm going to follow that up with what's the most mundane but what's the most intriguing part
0: uh i think for me and it might be different for each person but watching members reach their goals whatever their goals may be i've had people looking to have weight loss as their goal i've had people want to hit the ball farther on the golf course i've had people want to feel better after day on the courts so being able to set a goal for somebody, um, specifically, as we age, it maybe gets a little bit harder to set a goal, keep a goal and achieve a goal. And I think it's extremely important mentally and physically to do that, to set short term and long term goals. And when people actually reach them, uh, it just makes your job 100% worthwhile, You're just jumping up and down. It's like being a cheerleader. It's great. Um, I think that, you know, even the, the small successes, like having a 83-year-old grandmother tell you they beat the grandkids bowling and you know never (laughs) felt better You know all the way to uh, an athlete that you get to train once in a while when they're in town So I think that that's really fun as far as the mundane part of a um, director of uh, fitness wellness and spa that would probably be for me uh, paperwork, you know following up the budgeting process The hiring process can be kind of fun because you're hiring group exercise instructors, trainers, and you get to see a lot of what's out there and it's new and exciting and and you get to build a team, which is exciting, but just the back office operations, I think, would be the most mundane.
1: And is that, do you think that's the, it's always funny when you ask a a member what do you think a director of fitness, wellness, and spa does day to day, they see you out on the floor. They don't see the back end, do they? They don't think of that.
0: Right. There's so much to making all of the programming happen, Uh, putting it all together so when the member comes in or the guest comes in, uh, depending on where you're at and what you're doing, that it feels that it was just absolutely, um, again, seamless. Whatever the member comes into the fitness center or gym looking for They're able to get it, and it's because you put a lot of time in the back office making it happen, putting it together. And putting programs together, too, I think one of the most interesting parts is finding a way to get every single person in the fitness center or in your gym because everybody has a different reason for needing or wanting it. Even like dog walks or yappy hours or, um, you know, group exercise demo days. Anything you can do to get every member exposed to fitness at whatever level it may be. A walking club, you know, things like that. But but kind of creating all those programs. A lot of people don't realize how much work goes into creating those.
1: And did you ever limit – one of the questions on the tennis side now is – directors of tennis should limit the number of hours they're on the court. Did you ever have to limit yourself on the floor? Did you ever think about that?
0: That's a great question. And I think going into the position, when you're looking at a job description, uh, yes, actually, there should be kind of a, not a hard line, but a number that says, okay, well, in order for me to essentially do my job correctly and get all the back of the house done, I'm going to have to limit myself for two reasons. One. You need enough time to get your back-of-the-office job done so it makes the whole team successful. But at the same time, you have to remain fresh because you're out on the floor. You're teaching. You're training. You're motivating. And um, you could put in tons of hours uh, on the floor and tons of hours in the back of the office. But if you don't balance them correctly, you're probably not going to have the um, energy and the uh, capability to really give the members what they need.
1: I'd like to welcome our first sponsor here at BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, and that's PlayByCourt, PlayByCourt.com. Choosing the right technology partner is not an easy task. However, staying with the same outdated provider can be a costly decision. And with today's fast-changing environment, while well, you need a partner that will help you adapt to the ever-growing needs of your members. At PlayByCourt, while well, they provide the best technology solution customized for your club with their app... Your members can easily manage their profile. They they can book courts, programs, lessons. They can pay. I asked Andre, show me the payment solutions. It's fantastic. And your members can communicate directly with members and you, the staff. So please go have a look at playbycourt.com and see what really matters most to your members. Your club, your rules, your software. Playbycourt.com so, Denise, you know, the clubs across the country are gaining a lot of members because of COVID. People have seen the club life as a sanctuary. Um, how do you approach new members? How do you get them on the floor, in the gym, in the Group X? What's your protocol, so to speak, when 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 the new member manager comes and says, hey, Mr. and Mrs. X just joined the club, what do you do?
0: Oh, It's it's really a, a great program, the way Orchid, uh, and I believe most clubs are probably very similar, they have it set up where your membership department has a uh, photograph of the person or persons that join and a bio on them so you've got a little bit of background information on the new member where they come from what their background is what their interests are and each of the department heads whether it be tennis golf or racket sports golf fitness, food and beverage. Each department is sent a copy of welcome this new member with their name, their, their picture, uh, their interests. And then each one of us are responsible to reach out to the new member. And it will explain a little bit on the bio when they're gonna be spending their time at ORCID so you can time it a little bit easier that way. Um, but each member is greeted either by email Or by direct phone call or in person if it was on the tour um, by each department head then at that time each department head then sets up an appointment to meet with the new member one-on-one and introduce them to their portion of the programming at orchid island so you've got a nice one-on-one meet and greet Um, not only as a, as a general Orchid Island or general club tour, but each department now has an individual meet and greet with each department head and the new member. So you get to know the new member. Our job is to get them integrated into all of our programming and to meet members that we think that they would probably, uh, have some common interests in and kind of plug them in as quickly as possible. So they feel welcome and, and they feel like their investment was a very positive one. And, uh... Anytime that we do that, I think the members feel really appreciative of that. Um, We like to put, as I said, like members together, and then we get them on the tennis court together. We get them doing classes together. And also, when, when someone does join Orchid Island, they get a basket with some complimentary gift cards, like a complimentary visit to the spa, a complimentary training session or group exercise pass or class um, things like that that really promote them to want to do that but just the the one-on-one department head reaching out to each new member and really not just hi this is me um, but hi when can I meet with you and when can we talk about programming and how soon can I get you in the door and, and integrate it into our system.
1: Great. So you had a great membership at Orchid Island, and they truly care about your staff. But what do they not understand about you and your staff on a day-to-day basis? What do they not see? Because that really, you spend a lot of time organizing staff, you know, group exercise classes. Give us a, a, an example of where something happened where, you know, your staff doesn't show up, you've got to cover. How, how do you seamlessly make, how do you make that seamless?
0: Well, every situation is going to be completely different and that does happen. It's like I've I've said before, it's like perhaps a kindergarten teacher where she's got 30 students and she's trying to keep all 30 corks underwater at the same time and one's popping up. By the time you get the other ones down, another one pops up. It's kind of like that. You have to expect that. You have to be ready for that. Um, If you create a really good team, you get less and less of that. And I think that that's something important also when you're thinking about how to create your team and your classes and your programming is uh, just making sure that you have the ability to jump in and change things as needed. Um, Teamwork between departments is also really exciting and good. Um, Having that one dual purpose person um, that can pop in for you now and again is also extremely helpful. Um, but yeah, it, it's fun. The members, the members, as long as you, I think, keep happy and positive and upbeat, I think that they're really able to uh, understand that and, and realize that um, they're going to be well taken care of one way or the other. So I think it's all about attitude and the environment that you create.
1: So you brought up earlier, you talked about the different spheres that you work in, that you're... You know, you have the spa, you have the fitness, you have personal training, you have Pilates. Is there any specific area that's grown significantly over the nine years you've been there? Have you seen it in personal training? Have you seen it in massage? Have you seen it in Pilates? What What have you seen as a trend?
0: Oh, well, that's a great question. And Every club is different, um, but specific to my club. Uh, again, I think a lot of it can grow based on how much effort you put into trying to grow and advertise and put out there what's available for programming. Uh, group exercise was very small when I started, and we, uh, we went from probably 10 to 12 classes a week to over 30 a week, and uh, the members, the usage is probably four times what it was uh, when I originally started, so in nine years it showed a tremendous increase. And um, it's pretty exciting because when you have a class to attend, it gives the member, again, the camaraderie, the appointment time, the accountability, friendships. It's it's a really positive thing. So I think the focus on group exercise really showed in the beginning. And once that's up and running, people are hooked and they kind of keep coming on their own as long as you create new and exciting classes. Again, something for everybody out there. Uh, then also, the last two to three years, Pilates has just exponentially grown tremendously. It is probably one of the highest numbers in during the COVID timeframe that you you're speaking of. Um, pilates was the only department that coming back came back just as strong immediately. Uh, I think people with massage and facials are a little bit leery still. Uh, if you're talking about COVID, they're coming back a little slower. But now that we've got vaccines on the on the rise, I think that's going to come back around bigger than than ever, of course. Um, but yeah, I would say group exercise and pilates were your your big big. Um,
1: stars. It's funny you should say that the group exercise. I hadn't thought of that, but group exercise is more like tennis clinics. It's social.
0: It is you very know? social. You're
1: in a room together, you're outside on the pickleball courts together doing, you know, doing a class or a clinic. It's social and and people tend to have that as an outlet aside from just the fitness side. They they see they look at that as a social outlet every day
0: oh very much so a lot of people will attend a class together and then they'll go have coffee or they'll go for a walk or they'll go to lunch and it's again it's it's the it's the accountability and also just um you know somebody there keeping keeping you motivated not just the instructor but the class members you know the energy level is completely different so it's it's quite fun to see
1: that's great so you as a personal trainer What's your favorite muscle group to train and what's your least favorite? I mean, we always hear this in the magazines and you know, the newspaper articles. What's your favorite muscle group to train? And what's your least favorite?
0: Um, a lot of times we tend to look at the, ourselves in the mirror and we see the front of our bodies, especially not to call out men, but a lot of men see their chest and their triceps and their shoulders and uh, everything on the front side of the body. Whereas a lot of our strength comes from the posterior part of our body. So glutes and back. Um, have become extremely important a number one you kind of forget because they're behind you and also as we get older um, you'll find that our posture is actually affected by the weaker muscles some more important than others so for me anything with glutes and any part of the middle to upper part of the back is extremely important postural muscles um, I tend to work two to one if it's front to back. Um, I think it's extremely important to work full body at all times. That way if you, if you miss a day or two, you're not off completely. You've always finished the day with a balanced full body workout. So whether it's a 30 minute quick workout or a two hour workout, I think it's important to work full body. But I would always do probably two back exercises to one um, chest exercise. But having said that core, Core is extremely important. People think that when you speak of core, it's just the abdominals and their six pack, there's so much more to it than that. Um, it's all connected into low back and, and your uh, rectus abdominis and your, you know, all your other muscle groups, your obliques. But again, going back to Pilates, that's kind of where Pilates a lot of times can hit some of those muscle groups a different way than what you could do on your own. So I think that that's really important. But yeah, I, I would definitely say um, larger muscle groups, of course. I mean, I if I'm limited on my time, the last thing I want to do is spend... You know, five minutes working on just a bicep. When I, if I could work on my back, the bicep kind of comes along with a compound. You know, yes, yeah, compound movements. Yeah.
1: So that's for you. But yeah. what about when you train somebody? So you're out there, and and obviously demographic makes a difference. You know, the age age of the of the student or the client. But what do you enjoy when you know you have so so and so on the. Uh, for an hour, What do you really enjoy working with someone? If you can, obviously you, you see an, uh, you see a reward in making them stronger, better. But what's where do you go and like you know, Mrs. So and So comes up. What do you really like to do with them?
0: Oh, I like to vary their workout. I like them to walk in the door and not know what they're going to have to do today. Um, our bodies love it. Uh, we get the most progress out of it when we vary our workouts. So um, anybody can sit on a machine and count to fifteen. So if, uh, if you're asking me what I enjoy and what I expect during a training session, uh, you have to value their time and you have to value their money. And that's an investment on both aspects. And I think it's extremely important to use free movement as much as possible. Bands, balls, um, TRX, anything you can do that they couldn't do on their own. Um, throwing balls back and forth, free movements of balance, um, core work that they normally wouldn't wanna do. Uh, anything that's not uh, static, and uh, machine-related, I think, is, is a really fun thing to do. And, and it just it, it increases their energy level, and it's just fun. If you're not laughing during a training session while you're taking it seriously and talking about form and function, uh, you should make it fun. You should always make it fun.
1: Keep, keep them coming back for more and getting better. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were to have, say, a older man, let's just put that, and he's playing golf, what, what specific, I'm, I'm asking this because I don't know, what specific exercises would you do for someone for a golf swing? They, hey, I wanna, I wanna actually get carve the ball underneath a bit more, I wanna get a little more power on my drives. The
0: swing, the, the, it depends what their goal is, distance, if their you know, goal is to be um, have a longer drive, or if their goal is to just feel better uh, when they're off the course. Um, I think that hip strength is extremely important. When you're turning, it's not just the flexibility of the thoracic area um, or the ability to turn, it's the ability to drive from the hips. So the power is kind of from the ground up. So if you're looking at building strength, I would always work on hip strength, um, anything to do with the legs and hip strength. And then uh, lat flexibility is extremely important and rotation from every different angle. You've got to be able to create the power of the swing through the hips and then keep the upper body flexible. Um, I do a lot of turning rotation with my clients. There's lateral flexion, there's rotation, and there's glute strength, and all of that comes into, it, into play as well as flexibility.
1: Abductors, inductors, all those?
0: Abductors, extremely important, yes. There's so many different exercises that can work on the glute medius area and the glutes, which is, of course, hip strength, but your power absolutely comes from your hips and the ability to rotate
1: you've done it really well but what was your biggest marketing secret in terms of group x group exercise you said it was your number one growth in nine years was it email was it word of mouth, was it getting people in to be social, was it texting, did you have, what was your secret to getting that Group X so happy? Well,
0: you know what, I have to laugh. We always um, used to tease my grandmother. We would say telephone, telegraph, telegram, mother. Um, Yeah, word of mouth. Absolutely. Uh, People love to talk. People are very social. If you can hook one really um, strong lady into a group exercise class, she's going to go to lunch and tell 10 other people and they're going to go to lunch and tell 10 other people and they're going to all want to try it out. So I would say that the club I worked at particularly, it was more word of mouth than anything. You've got to get your cheerleaders behind you and then of course they do all the work for you after that and then you know the success stories that we talked about when someone uh walks in and they say oh my god you look amazing what have you been doing well i've been going to this particular trx class or i've been doing a zumba class or i've been going to water aerobics uh people want to do the same thing they want that same success but i actually just think it's it's a lot of word of mouth we do of course um One of the things that worked really well to get people hooked on group exercise was uh, I brought in something called a group exercise pass. And what it was is um, a lot of times in private clubs, people feel nickel and dimed a bit. And uh, what we decided to do was create a one-time monthly fee that's charged to their account and then they can come to as many group exercise classes as they want all month long. So they don't feel like, oh, I don't want to try cycling because I may not like it and it's, you know, a waste of money or I don't want to do this because I've already, you know, spent this much on group exercise classes this week. And so the group exercise pass was instrumental and getting people introduced and trying different classes that they wouldn't normally take. I've had people stay for two and three classes and then that loops back around to how you program the classes. How can I program it so they can get yoga in and then a cardio class and then something weight related and 30-minute classes. That was something that I think was a little bit new um, to at least my group of people and they love 30-minute classes. A lot of them could mix and match and it's like I'll take two of these and one of those and I'll do this on two and this on Friday and then just making sure that you work around their schedules. A lot of private clubs, people are very scheduled. They are doing multiple different activities and you have to work together with your golf director and your tennis director and your pickleball director and your food and beverage person and try to find the best time frames for people um, that make it easier for them and the best classes that group together but yeah group exercise pass goes a long way to get people introduced into different classes and then also like i said get your cheerleaders behind you
1: so you bring me to a a financial question which is when you did your group exercise class obviously you had a long-term goal there because and and obviously the club Let you go with it because I would have I would have thought that your revenues might have come down for that year a little bit because someone's out there saying okay I'm going to get a hundred bucks I'm going to take every class now if they had taken every class they would have spent maybe you know just for example a thousand bucks but here they're only spending a hundred but over the long term then the next year they keep coming back to those classes is that how you looked at it was the long term view.
0: Yeah, somewhat, yes. We wanted to increase usage and we wanted the members to see um, the importance of group exercise and then see it as a benefit. Um, just a member service, really, to make sure that members felt like it was rewarding um, for them. And yes, it got them hooked. And then you can slowly um, increase the group exercise, pass uh, price if you feel like the revenue didn't quite hit budget each year, because you're dealing with the same number of members each year and very similar membership season to season. Uh, for the most part over a a time frame of say five to ten years so you've got time to constantly review it each season decide did I make enough, did I lose enough, what's the average number of people using the pass versus the average number of people dropping in um, with the drop in class price fee and then just creating a price structure that best suits both the member and the club itself so just uh, keeping an eye on that and then changing it as need be but yeah you absolutely have to get people uh, into it i mean have you been to a tommy bahama lately anytime you go in the store you spend uh, 100 200 300 and you get a 50 dollar gift certificate to come back you're going back in there you're going to spend it again so just getting people used to the idea of um coming back time and right. time again
1: no i just did a special on on coupons yeah country club coupons yeah. <laughs> cccs and right. i use them all the time where i am in the summer um but yeah you know it's it's interesting because there's a there's the clubs have some different views. Some clubs will say, yeah, we want usage. Some clubs say, we need to see profit right now. Your club had the long-term view. Where do you think you're going to be in five years' time, now that you have a little time to spare? What do you think you're going to be doing, and how are you going to, oh, how are you going to That go is a, forward?
0: Yeah, thank you. I am very excited because I know that my number one goal is to get on the golf course a minimum of three to four times a week. I'm super excited about that. Uh, Something I haven't been able to do before, I can um, teach proper fitness, but I can't on golf specific, but I haven't been able to put it to work as much as I would like to. I plan on playing tennis uh, probably every morning if I can for an hour or two, get involved in um, some local tennis groups. And uh, I love pickleball. So just getting able to enjoy the things that I've been surrounded by in the country club environment during my off season. Yeah, so it'll be fun.
1: Well, I hope you have a great time in your semi-retirement.
0: Yes, thank and, you. And uh, thanks
1: for spending some time with us, today Oh, it was
0: great, Ed. Thanks so much. You
1: Take care. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening this week. We really appreciate it. I just want to let everyone know that our introductory music is by Ed Shanafee Sr. and his amazing trio. And all the chapter breaks is original music by my daughter, Olivia Shanafee. We hope to hear more from them as we continue this podcast through 2021. And we hope to see more of you as well. Thanks for listening.
0: Listening to beyondthebaselines.com podcast. It's a pleasure bringing you each week's news and views and great guests from our tennis, fitness, and country club industries. You can always reach the team here at beyondthebaselines at Gmail.com or on the phone at 508 538 1288. Please do visit our website at www.beyondthebaselines.com, which is updated regularly with even more information for you, your club, or your facility. See you again soon.